Here we go, Nori's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Feeling good, man. I'm feeling great. Sorry to one up, but I feel good. I'm feeling good too because we had a great episode earlier this week. So I want you to go back and check that out. A really good episode. We talked about our new rewatch on Jason Bourne, the Bourne, the Bourne series. I was going to say trilogy, but not a trilogy anymore. Uh, we talked about the shows you should be watching, all kinds of news, a lot of HBO Max stuff. Go check out that great episode that we had. But here we go. Sports cast coming your way. And uh, before we do anything else, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere you get podcasts at and get the Nordy's Podcast with your three best friends in the whole world, Ryan, Jim, and Eric, each and every week for free. Well, I get top billing there. That's pretty, uh, that's kind of a big deal. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you deserve it. Yeah. You're a hero oh, on this pod. Oh, hard please, worker. Please. Hard worker. Stop. Stop. A grinder. All right, guys. Uh, also, <laughs> we are drinking some beers. What are you guys drinking? All right. I'm going to something that isn't new, but it is delicious. Falling Knife's Hidden Temple. It is a good oh, beer. It's a so nice good. IPA. I love Falling Knife. And they have these really kind of like big, heavy, awesome, flavorful beers. And then they, they char- it's like 12 bucks, you know, 12 bucks for the four pack instead of 16 or whatever it might be. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm enjoying this right now. Plus, you get the four nonagon. Is that what they are? It's a nine-sided sticker that you get to pull off there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And Not so you always. Get, you, get, you get four free stickers in the middle, the usually, stickers. right? Yeah, absolutely. Nonagon. Anyway. Wow. Nice work. Yeah, it's, it's a nine-sided. Because I pulled them off, and I put it on some boxes that my kids had. And I thought, I was like, and I didn't know it. My, my wife discovered it. She's like, it's, this is a nine-sided one. I was like, oh, that's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. But maybe intentional. I don't know. Maybe we need I'll to ask do. them about that. Anyway, um, I'm at a beer that I've never, or I'm at a brewery I've never had before. This is Drastic Measures Brewing out of Wadena, Minnesota. Shout out to Wadena. Never been there. Uh, <laughs> n- have no intention of going there. But anyway, this is the uh, this is their stupid good hazy IPA, and I really like it. I think this is a really solid hazy IPA. I. It fits the bill perfectly. It's a little expensive, a little on the, you know, you're talking about what a good deal a uh, falling knife is. This is kind of the opposite. Uh, maybe they think a little bit more highly of themselves or, or being where they are, they need to make a little bit more money. I, I, I think this is a really good beer, really solid. This is a, this is a, this is a wreck for me. Stupid good. Okay. AZIPA. You said what? Wadena, W-A-D-E-N-A, Wadena. Wadena is the Wario to Edina's Mario. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, wow. back at Modest, I'm back drinking uh, their double raspberry and layer double fruited goza. Oh, Jesus. Delicious. I love yeah. all raspberry beers. Just like I love all pineapple beers and all peach beers. Yeah. And banana, if they ever made them. Nobody ever makes them, but I I'm bet they do. I'm the Modest train, as always, right now, continuing to be uh, leaders in the game. So, appreciate Modest. I felt like it, it was my duty to go out and support them this weekend. So, go back and listen to our previous episode for us to wax poetically about the brilliance of Modest. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, we have a warm-up for you guys. What's our warm-up for today? All right. <clears throat> so... Recently, Draymond Green, outspoken member of the Golden State Warriors, tenacious defender by all accounts, but he came out and said, I'm the greatest defender that NBA has ever seen. And there, you know, if you go to Eric, he'll say, well, the most recent dominant player is often the best because people are getting bigger, stronger, faster. Um, You know, some of these guys that were great defenders 20 years ago would probably get smoked by some of these big guys, Giannis and and everybody. Um, just curious what you guys thought of this statement. And if you have somebody else that you would probably put in that place instead of Draymond, go. So I'll go with, I'll go with Eric will have a smarter take than mine. So I'm going to go with the two guys that I know most prominently. And one guy was a 
cheap piece of shit who used to do the most unethical but somehow legal things, and that was Bruce Bowen. And he used to he was the guy that they had to create a rule for you could not put your foot underneath someone who's coming down from like a, sh- mm. a jump shot. Because he tried he to twist step, ankles, yep. Yeah, he'd step underneath guys and they would roll their ankles like all the time. And they're like, oh, he's the greatest defender ever. Okay, that was kind of bullshit. The second guy, actually I have three. The second guy that comes to mind is Takimbe Matumbo um, because back in the day, like block shots were kind of a big deal. And mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, teams that were clamoring for like big centers um that could do you know great things um until Shaq kind of changed the game on that but um Dikembe Mutombo and then the third one um oh shoot I just lost him in my head but um Dikembe Mutombo uh had so many blocks that he even got his own sort of celebration which was the the finger wave the finger um, wag you got to love it you got to love it. And then my third guy, I think, was just just from like a pure like tenacity and effort standpoint is Dennis Rodman, um, only because uh, he was insane um, on and off the court, but really like was a very hard worker on the court and would always have to like as kind of an undersized power forward have to defend against like much larger people and had a lot of success in that. And, so, def- those, and defensive rebounds are defense. Yeah. So, and so I, I think he was massive. It's, it's, it's probably the hardest metric to uh, translate into some sort of a figure mm-hmm. because even if you have a lot of steals, that just might mean like you have really fast hands, but you actually can't like defend people. Right. Or you nor- just take I, you a know, lot of chances know. and dive in the passing lane and then get beat half the time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's probably the hardest metric to define or, or quantify for, you know, this conversation. Um, but those are just the three that sort of popped into my head. I don't know. Defense isn't really a thing now <laughs> as much. You know what I mean? Like you, right. you play like half-ass defense and save all your energy for offense. Okay. My honorable mentions, Gary Payton. The, the glove. glove. Uh, another honorable the love glove. Yep. Another honorable mention for me goes to Dikembe Mutombo. Okay. My two picks. My two picks. One of them, 6'8", the first point forward of all time. The most underrated James. in NBA history, Scotty Pippen. Oh, okay. so, yeah. A, an absolute horse out there. I mean, dude was an absolute monster. Could guard every position. Uh, steals galore. Just an absolute. He was Kawhi before Kawhi. Yeah. Um, and then, to me, the greatest defender of all time, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. The most underrated mm-hmm. player in NBA history. Guy is a seven-foot-something center. So athletic, he could literally guard guards. He could guard anyone. He dominated big men for years. He averaged almost a half block more per game than Dikembe Mutombo, who's one of the greats ever. Guy averaged over three blocks a game for his entire career. That's crazy. Kim Olajuwon is one of the biggest freaks. He is he. If he would have played today in 2021, uh, he would have developed a massive three point shot too because that's just how the game has changed since he's played. And he would have been Giannis before Giannis existed. I mean, he's just crazy athletic. So Hakeem, the dream, Elijah one is my pick. Now, I can't believe you guys didn't mention Michael Jordan, who in his prime, when he was putting up you know massive scoring, was also getting Defensive Player of the Year three years in a row, um, was a massive force on that side, ton of steals, shutdown defender. I kind of agree with Hakeem Olajuwon. I think the moral of the story is, Draymond Green, you got a ways to go, my friend. It's, it, you know, of course, 
believe in yourself, especially when it comes to a position where you can't necessarily quantify it, like Ryan said. Um, but Draymond Green, it ain't you, buddy. But but good good job. We appreciate the confidence. It's, it's crazy that in all three of our takes, we mentioned somebody from like the dominant Bulls run. Yep. Runs of the '90s between Jordan Pippen. And Rodman. and Rodman. I know Rodman, yep. Rodman was only there for the, the last three. Um, but at the same time, all equally good in their own right in, in what they were doing. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, it's time to move on to the news of the week. First up, UFC's got a new heavyweight champion. And I would never lead with this, but this is actually an exciting one. As Francis Ngannou, I believe is his name, um, won the heavyweight title by brutally knocking out uh, Stipe Miocic, who a lot of people consider the greatest heavyweight in the history of mixed martial art. Okay, so this was not some pushover guy. Uh, in his last five fights, he has fought for about seven minutes, and this fight went um, over five minutes. If that tells you how how scary and dominant this guy is, he is like Mike Tyson looking MMA guy right now, who's brutally knocking out everyone, and he is now the third african uh champion in ufc which is a relatively new thing because mm-hmm. african champions are popping up all over the place which is also really cool and this is setting up the big huge money fight one of the biggest fights in mixed martial arts history uh Nganu versus john bones jones who a lot of people think is the greatest of all time going up to heavyweight so there you go big news in ufc ufc is kind of trash at this point but it is fun when the heavyweight champion of the UFC is actually someone who seems like the baddest man on the planet. That's cool. Did you watch this or did you kind of like follow highlights or what? No, I just followed the highlights. The knockout was absolutely insane. Um, if you can, can find you just tell me one thing. So I end up like after the fight's over, I didn't pay for the fight, didn't necessarily pay attention. And then I'm on Instagram and ESPN will like post Right after the fight ends, as soon as the ref calls it, that's where their clip starts. Because they own, they they pretty much own UFC. I mean, they don't own so, it, but they can't actually post the fight because there's some kind of deal of like this footage belongs See, for a certain amount of time. It's on ESPN. Okay, they want you to. Pay it just them. seems weird. Like they do that all the time. ESPN it's like the the knockout, and then they show like literally. ESPN wants right. you to pay for it on ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN's trying to get you excited because they have paid a billion dollars or whatever to have UFC exclusively on ESPN. Okay. And then I thought was what I thought was crazy was that Barstool instantly posted a video of the knockout. And then every betting site started posting videos of the knockout, like in five minutes after the fight. Um, which you're probably not really supposed to do, but all right. I'm not supposed to do, but I don't know. Um, all right. Next up, 17 game NFL schedule. Looks like it's going to happen. A lot of the players are speaking out against it. Um, it seems like a bad time to do it with, with player pay being, uh, dropped here, the salary cap going down. Uh, it seems like a bad time to then also throw a 17th game on 17th game seems like it should happen in two years when the new TV deal comes in and there's like more money than NFL teams know what to do with. Um, but yeah, the players aren't happy about it, but it's going to happen. Viking 17th game, as soon as it gets approved, will be at Chargers in the new stadium. And you're going. I'm going. If that's happening, <laughs> is uh, is this contingent upon um, the two bye weeks, or is this just a one bye week and we're just adding another game? I, here's my guess. My guess is that they're going to go two preseason games instead of four, and they're going to go 
17 games is going to be the compromise is my guess. Yeah. So then they'll tell the players, well, you're you actually saved the game. game. Yeah. That's but what I think they're going to say. Even though, even though all the starters don't play in game one of the preseason or game four of the preseason. Yeah. I think that. Um, Essentially. I mean, they play, they play like a handful of snaps. They play one series in the first game. Half the plays in the second game, 75% in the third, and then zero in the fourth. So they're basically playing one extra series. I know some star players are coming out and speaking out, out against things like this, but I can tell you who's not unhappy with any of the decisions of the NFL, the 60 guys who are making the most money. They're not mm-hmm. the the league is doing them well, and most of those guys will either shut their mouth or they'll like kind of sort of throw their support behind the players. The guys who get screwed in this is like the middle class veteran guys who are always getting cut, even though they're like definitely starting quality players. Um, they've kind of murdered the middle class now of NFL, kind of like the NBA has done and baseball has done, killing the middle class. So you have just superstars who make just disgusting amounts of money. And then everybody else is kind of expendable. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's probably fair because the superstars drive the sports. But I think those are the guys who are probably the most upset here um, because they're probably not going to make more money and they're going to get an extra game to risk their bodies. So So here's here's a question then. Does this – I know it's different than the NBA. I know it's different than um, college football. Would this then lead to maybe like – teams looking at this extra game and saying well we have this home game against this pushover team uh dalvin cook's gonna sit intentionally and we're gonna roll with alexander madison and and you know whomever whoever our running backs are i don't quarterbacks you can't do that really with but i'm but maybe like you give some of your other marquee players like a breather for for a week maybe a little bit later in the season if you if you feel like the game is is much more winnable you think that's a possibility so one of the things that they were actually talking about, which I can't see happening because I think they would lose too much money, or maybe they could make some rules like quarterbacks aren't included. But one of the rumors was that they were going to go to 17 games, but that the, that the limit of games played in a season was going to stay at 16. That's too oh. complicated with a 56-man roster. There's no way you could be able to do that. So I think that I think that quarterback would mess that up. I think that that's the only problem. Because what they would do, it would be really easy for every position other than quarterback. Because what you would do is like you'd be really beat up in week twelve, and you'd say, "All right, take your take your game right now." You know, I mean, these guys are all just so banged up, and so it'd be really easy to get all your backups out of the way in the first two weeks as much as you could, and then you would, you know, start sitting anyone had a muscle soreness would sit out a game early in the season or something like that. But the problem is, I don't want to watch the Vikings back of quarterback. I don't want to watch him play a game against the Washington football team in week nine that we're just waving the white flag for. So mm-hmm. like, um, the 17 games, I usually side with the players, but hell, the 17th game is for the fans. So, <laughs> bring on, give me that 17th game. I love the NFL. We want more football. Yeah, you know what it is? It's an extra week of fantasy football. So give it yeah. to you. 18 weeks of the regular season, well, I'm in. Well, now we got to now we got to modify all the stats and be like, well, this is post 2021, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the rushing record doesn't count. What, what what happens with that? That's that's messed up. Yeah, I mean, but it's it, it is. I mean, when you look at it, like you don't look at um, Barry Sanders versus um, uh, Emmett Smith, and you're like, well, Emmett Smith played a lot more games. Like no one thinks that. They're like Emmett Smith's the all-time leading rusher. Like longevity, I guess, is part of being a great player. So um, you can make those decisions for yourself. But 
I don't think it changes. Yeah, but every single season record is fucked now. You just got to like factor whatever which game do you drop. I don't know. Every single season record has been fucked since 2010 came around, and every person who catches passes or throws passes is going to smash every record. When Matt Stafford is like fourth all time in passing in three years, you're going to be like, oh, records don't mean shit anymore. <laughs> oh, Matt Ryan's in the top 10. Matt Stafford's in the top 10. You know, like all these guys. And then Patrick Mahomes is going to take Brady's records and choke them to death because he's going to beat every record by so much that you're going to think they're playing a different sport. And that doesn't discount the greatness of Tom Brady, but the game has changed and new guys are going to continue to put up just unreal numbers. And Snyder buys out the minority owners of the Washington football team. And also the Washington football team uh, is claiming that they might keep the name the Washington football team, which I think is a terrible idea. Who cares? It still bother. It still is confusing when I see WFT come up. I, WFT trades for whatever. And I'm like, who? What the? Who is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington football team. Let's move on. We all hate Dan Snyder. All right, next. Yeah, up. that sucks. And, sucks. And, and, and Never getting rid of this guy. NHL ref was fired for just confirming what we all know that the NHL is just an absolute crapshoot. Uh, that's corrupt as could be. He was caught on a hot mic saying something like, yeah, we had to get an early penalty against the Freds because fucking fuck, 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 something. And then mm-hmm. they cut it off. And you were like, oh, literally it's just super crooked. The NHL is yep. super crooked. Um, so in other words, the refs are out there thinking, all right, look, overall, when you look at the game so far, they've gotten away with a little too much. Let's find something for these guys to try to level it up. I mean, they're just kind of thinking big picture, which I don't think is that crazy. I wanted to call an early penalty on Nashville because something was pretty yeah. set. Like, yeah. he had just decided he was just going to call him for a penalty that was, like, not really a penalty at the beginning of the game. And, yeah. like, to me, I think that's the worst part about the NHL. I mean, other than the absolute lack of diversity, uh, I would say that the – and the fact that there's tons of Southern teams that don't – you know, in places that don't care about hockey. Like, yeah. Duluth is more worthy of a hockey team than Tampa Bay. Let's be serious. But uh, I would say that the NHL has so many unwritten rules and like rules that don't have to be followed. Um, for instance, in the we'll talk about this in a little bit, but the, the NCAA tournament, they played a five overtime game that had zero penalties in the overtime or the third period. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, what is that? Or, oh, if, you, if you're close to the line and you do it, it's fine. But if you're far from the line and you do it, it's not fine. Like, why aren't there, like, strict rules? So a guy gets fired, nothing will change. The NHL is always going to be a neat sport because that's all it will ever be. Bigger news, though. New Gophers coach in basketball, Ben Johnson, former UF grad. This guy was an assistant coach at Xavier. I admittedly had no idea who Ben Johnson was. Um, Mm -hmm. Based on what I've heard about him, he's an excellent recruiter with a great relationship with young players and AU program. I think it was probably a pretty cheap but exciting um, hire. I hope it works out. Uh, the number one thing that we need is to keep the really strong in-state talent going to the U. So um, hopefully something like that. Yeah, and uh, you know they, I think they wanted to find a black man, which is or you know a person. They have one of like the least diverse coaching um, crews across all sports in all of college uh, sports. So yeah, I mean I think that was important to them as well. Um, and they got a guy who, you know, he has a history here. I think he played here. He has connections here. He wanted to come here. I think that's important as well. So, you know, I don't know anything about him, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's got to be better than Patino, which, you know, he was checked out. It was over. He knew it. And I think 
I mean, at some point, I mean, recruiting is obviously important. And PJ Fleck has shown what enthusiasm for a program can do for that to a certain extent. I'm, I'm not including last season because of just COVID and I'm throwing that out in my evaluation of him. But the season before, even though we got whooped by Wisconsin um, for a chance to go to the Big Ten title, um, he had done wonders with essentially no-name people and then got, you know, guys that are going to be drafted really high. Antoine Winfield is now a Super Bowl winner, uh, or Antoine Winfield Jr., excuse me. So I think... Well, maybe, but I, but I'm saying like just driving the program forward with a level of enthusiasm that we haven't seen before. I don't think Richard Pitino, outside of his first few seasons, ever built that confidence um, in the fan base overall. Because it would be like one season we make the tournament and we have all these wins, and then the next season it's like, well, all of the recruits that we had, they're all gone, and 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 it's going to be a rebuilding season, and we have two conference wins. So yeah. I'm hoping that. Not only is he a great recruiter, but he's also a really good basketball coach. I always felt like Petito never had the basketball acumen needed to be diverse enough in the way you ran your program to compete in the Big Ten. And his road record and his conference record shows in that. Um, It's a different animal. And hopefully having played in it and coached in it under Patino and then with Xavier is a little bit different, but that's a very, very prestigious basketball program um, will pay dividends for the Gophers and the players. However, let's talk about the negatives of this. We already lost two guys to the transfer portal that were Patino recruits. And depending on how you feel about them, you know, Marcus Carr and Jamal Mashburn Jr. are no longer going to be Gopher players. I don't think they're going to New Mexico. looks like whatever. Okay. (laughs) You know, that's going to happen. I guess. With them, it's going to be a rebuilding you lose one year. It's a rebuilding year anyways. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's it's going to be rough next year, and that's fine because that's what Patino sets up for. Happy to have a new coach. Guy seems pretty exciting. Seems tied into, um, you know, 2021 basketball, and hopefully you can keep some of these guys coming here. All right, next up, Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield in a battle of two old guys that we don't need to see fight ever again. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, I mean, that, that, that's exactly right. I don't want to see people get worse CTE live on television. Can we just, like, what if instead of this fight, we all donated $2? And then they get their money that they clearly need, and they don't have to hurt themselves. I don't even think that they need it. I think they're filthy rich. And I think that they're doing it because they can't stop the competitive spirit that they have. So here's Ooh, I love that. If that's the case, then I'm all for it. I just don't – it seems so I weird. WWE. Let them fight a fake match. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Where he pretend bites off Holyfield. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yep, there we go. Send him to WWE. WrestleMania. They do a fake boxing match. That's what people would rather see. They don't really want to see these two old dudes just hug each other in exactly. Have, have they fought since the bite? No. No. Wow. All right. This I is kind of Tyson, exciting. And, and, and like the WWE thing I love, ago, like, like Tyson leans over the edge of the of the ring and fills his boxing glove with like a bunch of bolts and nuts or something like that, and then, yep. like, puts the glove back on and then just starts swinging haymakers yep. with the That's what, That's what metal we, glove. I don't want to watch these guys fight. It's, it makes me uncomfortable, and everyone's going to be like, what? It's a draw. It's like, yeah, it's freaking pre-planned, guys. This is, yeah. this is WWE. 
but it's not. So, all right. Lastly, U.S. soccer team is out of the Olympics. U23 U.S. team out of the Olympics. They lost in a understandably to a really huge, giant, super populated, wealthy juggernaut with great soccer called Honduras. Uh, they Honduras. lost. They lost to Honduras, who I've never heard of a single player on any soccer team from Honduras. And Honduras is the size of. Um, Minneapolis. Massachusetts, maybe. <laughs> it's a small country. Um, I don't know where they're getting this talent, but it's certainly better than all of America. Oh, they have they have under 10 million people. They have under 10 million people, um, which would put it as oh gosh, the they have they'd be about the 10th or 11th most populated state, about the size of Michigan. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Michigan just beat the U.S. in U23 soccer. Great. That's great. Good work, guys. All right. So. Well, but also everyone in Honduras plays soccer. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like there's a great Honduran baseball uh, team or basketball team. I'm sure their facilities are just. There's probably a lot of baseball. Top-notch facilities in Honduras. <laughs> it's South America, Jim. They're not. They're not into. But I guess it's more it's more Central that's America. Beauty, that's but. one of the beautiful things about sports like soccer and basketball. Soccer especially, man, all you need is the ball. Somebody is if one kid in the neighborhood's got the ball, sixteen kids are having fun and, and playing. So it's a great equalizer. Good for Honduras. Sucks. Once again, yeah, huge L for you, American soccer. That's like when you when you were playing soccer in the backyard with your friends, all you needed was like four shoes as your goals. Like just lay those on the ground or anything, anything that we could that could pretend to be a goal and a ball. And that's a it. Relatively flat area, you're good to go. Doesn't, yeah, and it doesn't have to be flat because you're going to flip sides at halftime. And so if you were going uphill before, now you're going downhill or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, you know, why do so many like amazing basketball players come out of like inner city areas? Well, you need a basketball. And down the street is a hoop. You're good to go. It's not like lacrosse, Eric, where everybody needs $1,000 helmets. True. True that. All right, guys. Moving on. State of hockey. State of hockey. Terrible song. That was bad. I bet a Polish person wrote that. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild paid someone to write that song, which is yeah. really embarrassing. But State of Hockey, as uh, the State of Hockey, Minnesota has had four of the final five teams in the College Hockey NCAA Division One tournament. Um, they're down to the final four. Uh, three of the four teams are from Minnesota, which makes me feel real pride because as much as hockey, we tease it and they are clueless on how to run the NHL. And absolutely nobody watches college hockey. So much so that they had a five-overtime game that I watched the whole thing of between Minnesota Duluth and North Dakota. Uh, mm-hmm. In the middle of like one of the overtimes, the crew that was like in the studio went home. And then at every intermission, they just replayed the same thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's how not They didn't possible. even stick around. They didn't even stick around for like the longest game in the history of NCAA hockey. They went home. And they just replayed every overtime for like four overtime straight. The same thing. Because they like, you know, those were making zero dollars. You watch that whole thing? Watch the whole thing, yeah. Oh, my God. In the fifth overtime. Uh, So your final five is uh, Minnesota Duluth, the two-time defending national champions, versus University of Massachusetts, UMass. And on the other side, St. Cloud State University versus Minnesota State Mankato. So three Minnesota teams out of the four. Please have one of the four win. Mm-hmm. But 
The other big news is that the Minnesota Gophers, who are the richest, uh, most famous of the, the Minnesota teams, are one of two Minnesota teams that didn't make the Final Four, losing four to nothing tonight uh, to Minnesota State Mankato. Yeah, and Eric, you you called it out early before we were recording. They were getting whooped, like they were getting their asses handed to them early and often in this game. And four nothing is probably a generous score for one it ended up being. So I will say this, guys. I fully understand. I was joking on a group chat. Um, someone was like, I can't believe the people went home from the intermission show. And I was like, well, you have to realize there's about 18,000 people in the world are tuned into ESPNU right now to watch college hockey. Like, this is not a popular thing at all. But as a Minnesotan, as a proud Minnesotan, I have found myself way more invested and interested in the the NCAA hockey tournament than in March Madness and the basketball tournament. Mm, interesting. It sure helps that Minnesota teams are just abundant. I mean, there's five of yeah. them. Teams were from Minnesota. But I found myself, like, really tuning in, like, checking the brackets and, like, checking scores and watching the games in the hockey tournament. In the basketball tournament, uh, everyone loves an upset, but the upsets usually mean that trash teams make it into the tournament and, like, good players are all out early. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that was fun for a while, the, the basketball tournament. I did do a bracket. Out of 25 people, I'm 24th right now, so I don't see uh, – even if even if my team Baylor wins the whole thing, I can't win, so it's not that fun. But, you know, it's, it's still a good tournament. It's cool. Hey, we didn't get one last year. I hope you're into it a little bit. Um, yes. I guess I'm like – doesn't, so- doesn't sound like it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not really, but I will tell you guys – that my bracket, my two cha- my two championship teams are still intact. Okay, Gonzaga and Houston, my two teams, oh. and they're still they're still firmly in it. So, all right, um, all right, guys, let's move on though. State of hockey, go Minnesota. We hope one of the Minnesota teams wins it. I'm hoping for Duluth versus St. Cloud or Ontario in the final, which would be really cool. That'd be fun. I don't know something that we talk about a lot. The Minnesota Vikings. All right, the Vikings are having a huge off season. A lot of people question some of their moves, including me, but they have completely rebuilt their defense with all of their moves on the defensive side of the ball. A defense that was terrible last year. It has some people questioning where they're going on offense, but the offense was not nearly the problem the defense was last year. So before we talk offense, let's just go through some of the things they did. They restructured Anthony Barr, right? Instead of cutting Barr, they are allowing him to be a free agent two years early for in exchange for taking a pay cut. I'm excited. I'm glad they kept him. I love him. They keep him for one more year. He will be gone after this year. But he made a deal with them. Okay, fine. I'll take less money, but you let me be a free agent next year instead of waiting three years. So mm-hmm. he gets one last big payday if he has a nice year. The Hella first- motivated. Super motivated to have a killer year. He should have a To make year. the most money any defensive player's ever made. Good. Go get it. Such a big year that the Vikings ha- can't afford him next year. That would be the Good. Best. That's what he wants. Yep. Um, Daniil Hunter, who wants a new contract, is coming back. A lot of people are worried about it. Vikings have $7.5 million coming off the cap and on June 1st. I think that money will be spent to extend Neil Hunter and extend Brian O'Neill. That's from the Kyle Rudolph being cut. That money comes off June 1st. So I think you should wait for June for them to figure out O'Neill and Hunter. Okay. You have Michael Pierce, their big signing from last year, who didn't play because of COVID. He opted out. He's back. You signed... Uh, Tomlinson, who we talked about, right? Delvin Tomlinson, the big, they're going to play him as a three-tech defensive tackle. He played some nose tackle. He's a big run run stopper. They brought- it's funny. Sorry, real, real quick. Um, in his press conference, to say he's a large human being 
is an understatement. The man is gargantuan, like <laughs> unbelievably huge. I was, you know, you hear you hear the stats. Oh, he's six four, you know, three hundred. But then you like see him next to like Rick Spielman. You're like, okay, <laughs> Rick's Rick's not a small guy, and Rick looks like a tiny human being next to somebody like Tomlinson. Right. Pat Patrick Peterson, who we talked about last week. I felt iffy about it. Big name, but you know. He's probably a little past it at this point. Um, but still, another nice name to add to it. They bring back Mackenzie Alexander, their former slot corner. He left on a one-year deal, got hurt, missed most of the season, didn't play much with Cincinnati. When he did play, he was just okay. We bring him back for less than a million dollars, so more depth to the cornerback position. They bring in the linebacker vigil as just a, a competition for um, the, la- the third linebacker spot with Troy Dye. They bring back Stephen Weatherly, the defensive end who left, had one year in Carolina before getting cut. And then Xavier Woods, the safety, who's uh, 25 right now, will be 26 next year for the season, who started the last couple of years for the Cowboys. Um, they've, He's okay, right? He, he'll he be like Anthony Harris-ish. Oh, right. He'll be like a fine starting safety who will make some mistakes, but like he'll be he'll be fine. And I think, in a, I think... I think that's probably the most underrated signing out of all of them. Honestly, I'm pleased with that signing. Like, I, I think yeah. Harris is probably a little better than him, but he's making a third of what Harris is making, and he's making a sixth of what Harris made last year. So, yeah, he's young. Just, yeah, just I, I just mean from like young ability, and then he's coming into like a defensive guru system. Mm-hmm. And from a budget standpoint, I think that's the best the Vikings could do at that position, as opposed to filling it with a rookie. So, sure. the at this point, have built up the defense, right? You have Weatherly and Wanham at one end. You have um, Hunter at the other. You have Pierce and Tomlinson in the middle. You have Barr, Kendricks, and Die as your linebackers with Vigil backing them up. Corners, you have five corners I think they feel okay about now with, obviously, Dancer, Dansler, Peterson, uh, Gladney, Hughes, and uh, Alexander. You bring in Woods, and you have Harrison Smith at safety. I think that they have spent a lot to build this defense back up to what they need it to be to be competitive. Now they've got to figure out a couple things. The offense, obviously they have their quarterback, they have their running back, they have their fullback, they have two tight ends, they have two receivers, they have three offensive linemen is all. They are going to have to attack offensive line in this draft. And I think it's an absolute must at this point. I think they need to come out of the draft with two guys who I'm not saying will start, but will compete for a starting job from day one. So I would look offensive line and wide receiver as the next things that they will attack in the draft. I think that's where they're going to head here. So we're drafting a corner in round one. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that and cutting I, and cutting Mike Hughes. I think uh, I think signing um, you know three corners in the or drafting three corners in the last three years, signing two, maybe finally got corner out of their system. Um, but I would say your needs now are offensive line number one, offensive line number two. Probably third receiver, number three, pass rusher, number four, and safety, number five are kind of the things I would look at. So as we get closer and closer to the draft, we'll continue to check in with the Vikings. But that defense, I feel pretty good about where that defense is at. I think they did a nice job rebuilding it. I think getting healthy again will move them from the bottom back up into that top 10 range. All right. Quick Um, question. Quick. I mean, okay. So um, last year, the offense was like, what, seventh, eighth, tenth overall, something like that? I think it was like fifth. Like it was like fifth, like scored a lot of points. The defense was like 25th, 24th. I think it was like 28th. So much of like our attention and the fans' attention went to Kirk and the offensive line. Does it sort of make sense that like, yeah, I guess 
as much as we want offensive linemen, they sort of had to address the defense first, just from a statistical standpoint of like, hey, let's give up less points. We might win more games. I think Rick was pretty upfront and honest with what he said about the draft. He said he felt like the draft was full of pass rushers and offensive linemen. And I think mm-hmm. he was being honest. I think he tipped his hand as to where they're going to go. I'm okay. gonna, they're going to take a couple offensive linemen and a pass rusher in their first few picks. Um, That'd be I'm, great. I'm, I, I think that they're going to trade down in the first round, pick up an extra pick, and they're going to pick pick an offensive lineman in the first round. Would be my best cool. guess. Well, so that's that was what I was going to ask exciting. you, Eric. Was was Kuiper had us trading up, which would be uh, unbecoming of Rick Spielman overall. Do you think well, that he's, he's I mean, he'll are, there, are there any linemen? I know we don't have a is it a third round pick, but do you do you foresee? that as a potential scenario. I, I Mel Kuyper's whatever, but he is kind of tuned in. So do you, do you feel that if there's a lineman that we could get, that trading up would be smart? Yeah, I think there are three uh, really good offensive linemen, Sewell from Oregon, Slater from Northwestern, Dereshaw from uh, Virginia Tech. And I think that ultimately one of those tackles who could probably play guard if need be um, would be one of their, their picks. I think their idea is one of those guys – with Brian O'Neill, Cleveland, and Bradbury would make for a pretty good offensive. I think that that's honestly their opinion. Um, I think that the best thing about this is that all these teams are trading up to try to get these quarterbacks. So it's a really strong quarterback draft. Um, Lawrence will go one to the Jags. Wilson will go two to the Jets. The Niners just traded the farm to go up to three to get their guy, who could be any of Fields' Um, Mac Jones is Mac apparently who Chris Sims says. One of those three guys they're going to go get. Then number four will either be the Falcons taking a quarterback or trading that pick for a quarterback. And then I think all five of those quarterbacks will go in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So that's the best news for 14th placed Vikings, who suddenly will get one of the nine best players in the draft. So if anyone reaches in the top nine, one of those guys could fall to us. So I think that their hope is that they could sit at 14 and get one of the three tackles. If that's not an option, I could see them trading up. Um, but I also don't think that they're just going to be stuck to tackle. I think that they are going to go best player bill. And so that could mean Jamar Chase falls to them. That could mean Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, falls to them. That could mean that one of the three tackles falls to them. I think that they're going to just take the best guy possible, even if it's not perfect fit for their team at the time. But I think they're hoping for one of those offensive linemen to fall to them in the draft. And I think there's a, a, a real chance that one of them will. If I had to guess right now, Christian Dereshaw, the the tackle from Virginia Tech, would be my guess. And they'd go Brian O'Neill left tackle, Dereshaw right tackle, Cleveland right guard, Bradbury center, and then they'll have an open competition for their left guard spot, hoping they can work it out. And they don't have to be great. They just can't be bad. Mm. Yeah. I, I, and it was interesting. I, I think the Justin Jefferson pick surprised everybody. I don't think anybody was expecting that. But then when you saw like the war room uh, conversation between Zimmer and Spielman, when they were all like, I can't believe they didn't take Justin Jefferson. And they were yeah. geeked. And that obviously oh, worked out well. So What a great so, moment that was to have captured. I love that. Hopefully we maybe get in, like you said, Eric, teams reach a little bit or overextend or, or, or go for a Mac Jones in the top 10, which is absurd. Um and then that, that just benefits the teams that are at 7 through 15, essentially, and we fall into that category. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're – obviously quarterbacks are going to go like crazy. Um, Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU, um, 
Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, Penai Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. I mean, a lot of these guys, uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker, I, I think they're going to kind of fill up the picks right before us. And then whatever lineman falls um, would be great. And if not, I could see them trading down. They don't have a second-round pick. They have a million third, fourth, fifth picks. I could see them picking up an extra second or a future pick uh, to move down a bit and try to just take an offensive lineman there. So so you think – so and that, that – that kind of fulfills like the Rick strategy, right? Of we have our four guys that we realistically think will be available at our pick. If those guys are not there, then we'll be engaging with other teams to acquire ours and we'll trade back in addition to getting their second round pick. And that would make sense. Like you said, if the if those three tackles weren't available, then that would probably be the smart money move for the Vikings to do. I think if you see O-line going early, I'm going to guess that unless a player plops into their hands, Jamar Chase, the receiver at LSU, you know, you could get two LSU guys in the first round two years in a row. That would be amazing. (laughs) I think if if him or Pitts, the tight end, like a guy who's just such a luxury that you just have to take him and just figure the rest out. I think unless one of those guys falls, I think that they would just say, fuck it, we're going to trade down. We're going to get the next best line. Well, and as much as we love Tyler Conklin, Right, had a great resurgence in the second half of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can get Pitts, uh, Tyler Conklin is going to be resigned to the practice squad pretty quickly. <laughs> if they, can sorry, get, I think they. Sorry, I mean it. It's not. It's not an indictment on Tyler Conklin. It's just that you have a chance to get like a once in a generation talent at a position where mm-hmm. you would have. Herb Smith and Pitts side by side. I mean, that's that's like the Bill Belichick Herb dream Smith, scenario. Herb Smith, <laughs> Thielen, and Jefferson as your receiving options with Delvin in the backfield. I think they would think weapons galore. So yeah. I, I think Vikings will not be stuck with O line, but I think O line is probably where they're they're looking. They're they're aiming for that, but if the picks aren't there, then they'll they'll look to other options smartly. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. Last thing. We'll move on from the Vikings. Last thing. My question is for you is, where in the world is D'Angelo Russell? (laughs) We traded a bunch of stuff for him. We are going to lose our first round pick in one of the most loaded drafts. You know what's going to happen? Why? Why do you think that? Why do you think we're going to lose our our pick? We're going to have a 40% chance at getting our pick. Right. Percent chance. So okay. So you're saying yes, we're going to sixty because the odds are in your favor. So sixty percent. We're going to lose our pick, and you know what's going to happen. This is for sure going to happen. We are going to the fourth pick. The fourth pick is going to go to the Warriors. The Warriors are going to use the fourth pick to draft Minneapolis Suggs, and he's going to go there, and he's going to be a superstar. And we're going to just never stop talking about it. It's going to be torture for Minnesota fans for for all of eternity. Um, Russell is the reason that we're not going to have that pick. At this point, since Russell has joined the Timberwolves and since Wiggins has joined the Warriors, even if Wiggins has been really average, he has been better than Russell has been for the Warriors. He's been healthier. He's been healthier. He's done more. It has been a complete train wreck that we traded for Russell. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. injuries make a guy bad or injuries make a guy good or worth it. But he has not been worth it for a, a single day since he's been here. No, he's been bad. I mean, this team, this team. I mean, we were so excited coming out of uh, coming out of the All Star break, and here we go, like five games. Okay, we won three of those. We were close to the other two. This is a different team. Nah, it's the same team. It's the same team. Yeah, we're bad. We can. I mean, we split with the Rockets, who had lost twenty in a row. 
Um, we had to, I mean, we did have a weird game with them where we actually scored 22 points in a row straight with them scoring zero points during the last seven minutes of the game to win the game. And then they blew us out the next night by 30 points. So that's that's the most tank job performance I've ever heard of in my life. A mm -hmm. team wants to lose being like, all right, guys, you're kicking their ass. Don't fucking score another point the rest of the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they're doing it right. Yeah, exactly. But then. They fucked up and won the next game. It was a battle of the bottom with the Rockets. You know, it just sucks. It's just the same old thing. Um, I'm not sure. You know, when they were really good and, like, they were winning and playing well and Edwards was absolutely blowing up and, you know, we're thinking this is Edwards' team now and all these things. We were like, we don't necessarily need or want D'Lo back. But now that they suck again, it is a piece. He has some talent. Once upon a time, he was an all-star with the Nets. That was years ago, and he has not been that, you know, he has not contributed on those levels since. Now I'm curious at least to see what he can do when he comes back. We got Malik Beasley back and we lost. So I don't know. That doesn't mean much, but it'll be interesting to see the whole squad together and and what this new coach does. I want us to lose a lot of games. I don't want to win. It's best to lose, but I don't know. I I hope we get the. I hope we keep the pick. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Can I just give you some high level statistics? Sure. Since February first, okay, we have two, three, four, five, six wins in that time frame. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have a nine-game losing streak, mm-hmm. um, a four-game losing streak. The Wolves are awful. Like this yeah. isn't even like this isn't even like joke. Like oh, they're bad. They're not very good. Like this team is horrendous. Right. Hor- five. <laughs> sorry, what did I say? Six. Six wins since February first, and we were we were excited. And then right prior to that, we won two out of eight. Mm-hmm. Like for the whole year, we've been awful. Awful. Like this, this, we, we were excited. We were excited about the Jared Culver resurgence. We were excited about Ricky. We're excited about Ant. Cat was back kind of, but was dealing with COVID and his mom's death, but the team seemed to be handling it well. Okogi was back who doesn't even play now. And uh, I think we were three and one to start the season. And that was the most excited we've been about this basketball team ever. Yeah. Well, this year, yeah. This well, year. Since, yeah, since since Jimmy Butler, but yes. Ooh, wow. Yeah, it sucks. I don't know what to say about the Wolves. What What is there to say? I mean, they're bad. I don't know. Eric, what do you want? You're our host of hosts. What do you want from me, dude? <laughs> I'm I'm beaten down, bro. I'm I'm exasperated here. I still watch these games. You got to remember, I watch all these games, all of them. <laughs> why? Why? What would you? Why would you do that to yourself? Because I'm like, what if Edwards pops off, dude? Got to watch. Got to see Edwards. What if he doesn't? What if? What if Cat has a big dunk? That'll be fun. My favorite thing is that Jim watches all of these games and missed the 42 point Edwards game. <laughs> yeah, the one I missed. The one he missed was like the the one to watch. Yeah. Uh, no, That's this team, this team is sad. It is. Um, Finch has obviously helped. Um, they have pieces. Uh, but I think what we'll regret is that the. We wanted Collins, right? John Collins, the the forward from the Hawks is what we wanted. The Hawks wanted to do a trade that was Collins for Beasley in a first-round pick, and we said, no, we won't won't regret that. Are you sure about that? Is that that out there, published? Yeah, I'm already regretting that. We didn't do that. Wait, I thought we I thought we were in on the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes. I think we were way more in on the the, uh, John Collins sweepstakes. And and Collins went 
early and quick, like for a no. good haul. Like it was a good no, deal. No, no, he's still there. Oh, he's still at the Hawks. Yeah, he's still at the Hawks. Oh, and he's free agent at the end of the year, and there he's a restricted free agent. And the Wolves oh, okay. yeah. really wanted him. He was the guy who said, "Yeah, I'd play. I'd play with the Wolves. I'd play in Minneapolis. I'd love to play with Towns." Is kind of what he said. But then they got hot. They won eight straight games, and they decided not to trade him. Oh, yep. They okay. Had, yep. He had offered some BS trade, and they said, "We'll do it for Beasley in a first. And we said, "No." And I was like, "Uh, we like Beasley. He just held a machine gun to someone." Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, guys. That's it. That's all the time we have on this episode, Nordy's podcast. Go back, listen to our first episode. All kinds of good stuff. We are rewatching Born. If you guys like the Born trilogy, I love it. I know you guys will too. So go check that out. We talk about all the shows and all the news that you guys need to be following. Otherwise, enjoy the next week. Hopefully, the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament and the NCAA Hockey Tournament will make you love the state of hockey once again, uh, since other sports here seem to, to harm us all the time. But thank you guys for listening to the Norris Podcast. We'll be back with you guys next week. Thank you.